Hey there. I've got news for you guys. Cannabis is pretty much everywhere already. Legalization is on the horizon. But what if I told you cannabis legalization wasn't for you or for me? And that there's a a bigger picture, something much bigger behind it all. Today, we're going to discuss that with guest Ben Austin. And we're going to do a deep dive into cannabinoids, plant medicine, um, cannabis then and now, and so much more. My name is Mike. Every week, I talk about things that are important to me. Hopefully, you find them of value as well. Today's Daily Dose is brought to you by GrassStore.com. Cannabis delivery made simple. Save 40% now when you use the code DAILY at checkout. Dude, I love your show, man. Well, you'd listen to it. Yeah, dude. I, oh, I, thank you. I, I listened to uh, several episodes. I love oh, the fact thanks. that it's. I love the fact that it's long form. I wish. Uh, I wish um, uh, the the other the other guy that's on there um, uh, <laughs> would show his face too. But uh, uh, like audio quality yeah. is not quite yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, um, oh, I know. And you know, he's one of my best friends. He's in a bad spot, and uh, but I really wanted him on the show because I value his brain. And so he's on his, he's making his way. We're trying to get him set up with a studio right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, dude, it's, um, that is a hurdle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it's like, yeah. like getting a studio, uh, one that's dedicated, like not everyone can do uh, a Joe Rogan studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. If we all could, that would be you amazing. Know, yeah. Amazing. I mean, uh, whether it's, uh, in a warehouse or, you know, just private space, like, um, you know, very few people are blessed that way. And yeah, completely. Uh, and even more people generally, uh, as they begin kind of scale up, you know, yep. it, as monetization yep. kicks in, it gets better. And it's like, okay, now we can reinvest, get a, That's you know, right. I, I look at some of, I mean, I look at, uh, Rogan's, um, uh, space from 10 years ago. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's dramatic, dramatic yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even and, he will tell you, you know, his early episodes, he's like, you can listen to him their shit yeah you can listen to them yeah yeah uh so yeah it's it's a journey that's the whole thing it's a journey of your growth as a podcaster i tell that to my friends i go look dude you're opinionated to me put that fucking shit out there man like put that out there if you're opinionated to me you should be opinionated to an audience like take it out there these days you might as fucking well i you know i was telling my wife 10 years ago roughly i'm like shit man um as automation kicks in, you know, um, broadly in, in very, very different facets of industry. I mean, there's not really going to be much left for anybody to do other than uh, create stories, cre- uh, create something, just yeah, creative right. works. Exactly. Uh, and Google will become the biggest employer of the world. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be so, crazy. But uh, but it, it's really is an amazing time because I was like an early gamer guy you know, all network games, but it was, you know, over your computer or land cables. Yeah. You know, and so, and now it, it's unreal what you can do. It's unreal what you can do. We would have given our left nut to have something like this. And I mean, uh, you're, you're here's the thing, right? Is that yeah. 10 years ago, if you started incredibly difficult, mm-hmm. but um, you were so early that uh, you had a much better chance if you stuck with it of success. You're right. right. Yep. Um now that uh, it's easier and more people can do it, um, the uh, the chances of growth are a little bit smaller. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's still, it, it's it's still it's, possible. It's oversaturated. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah and yeah. Every, every you know, every twelve year old with a camera can have a Twitch channel or a YouTube channel. You know, well, as opposed to you know, which is great. 
Yeah. But at the same time, it's just it's just adding to this gigantic pile that people have to dig through to get to real content. Right. So. I mean, well, you know, and uh, and of course, the algorithmic filtering that uh, that constantly goes on. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a number of uh, variables that go into it. So, yeah, tough gig. But, uh, yeah. you know, um, uh, as, as I, you know, I, I just lo- I love the content, though. I mean, um, thank you. I, I was listening. I'm just like uh, lo- a lot of fun stuff. Um, yeah. Your, char- your character's awesome. I mean, thank you. You know, I think uh, you were made for radio. Oh, thanks, man. Wow, I appreciate that. Well, dude, right back at you. I mean, your show's fantastic. Uh, well, for me, it's mostly education. I'm like, I want to yeah. talk to people, you know, uh, create a certain value, uh, learn things from others, and then see if we can transfer that um, education to others as they kind of get exposed to it. So when I found you, I'm like, oh, you know, uh, uh, what was it? I think it was a licensed cannabis consultant. Yeah, is, uh, yeah, yeah. is what I had read. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to speak with anybody um, that's that connected to oh, really? cannab- cannabis. I mean, they're not, they're not easy to find. I mean, sure. sure, I can find them on Twitter. You can DM them. But getting a response is very difficult oftentimes. Well, especially people that have a rep. Like, I have a local rep, but I don't have a big rep. You know, but my whole thing is just, you know, as you said, education. It's crucial. It's crucial if we want to further the movement, if we want to anything, anything, if we want to add value to this industry, it has to come through education um, yeah. so that it's period. So yeah. I, I, you know, I admire what you're doing, man. I went with a goofy topic because I was too <laughs> intimidated uh, to put my knowledge out there. Um, I just I wanted to go with a goofy topic where I didn't have to be an expert. You know, yeah, and, but and but yeah. but there's a uh, there's a lot of knowledge you guys drop in your episodes. Uh, well, it's yeah. it's uh, it's you just pick things up. I mean, I could do the same thing with weed, but I just it's my <laughs> safe space, dude. It's my safe space. UFOs, you know, so that I, I went with that. I had two shows. I had a cannabis show for a little bit, um, but I just I it wasn't as fun for me because I was I get angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so, work. It's yeah, work. It's not fun. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. UFOs, it's just all flights of fancy. And, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. So anyways, um, but well, I, I, I mean, I, I loved it and uh, I, I want to believe as well. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that's the whole premise for the show. <laughs> Fuck the government. And I want to believe in UFOs. <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember there was a, a, you know, a name drop of Stephen Greer and a, oh. a number different. Yeah. So this was like a, a two episodes ago for you, I think. And it, yeah, I'm I got a beef like, with yeah. Greer. Yeah, I, I guess beef. so. He, he doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. But I know it. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, like uh, I've got some. You know, I've got some uh, bones to pick there, too. Occasionally, sure, sure. just a few things that are kind of like, I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, I'm anti-government, bro. So anything that comes with a government, you know, representation, I take with a grain of salt. And when he's leading the charge, I take that with I, I think there's something there. And, and you know, so that's well, that's my thing. Disinformation agents, man. But yeah, but I mean, look, the uh, the disclosure project has been going on twenty years, right? Oh yeah, um, and you you have um, what is it? You have all those, you know, military, yep, uh, navy pilots, you know, pilots, yep. Um, it's kind of you know, it's compelling. I, it's compelling, yeah, and it makes you want to believe, that of course, are, that these people are telling the truth. Then of you course. have, then you have uh, Captain Fravor that came on recently, you know, absolutely. Then, 
then, you know, I've been following Bob Lazar's story for quite yep. some time as well. Yep. Um, all very compelling. I want to believe, but yeah. I think uh, there's a higher likelihood of what uh, Greer talks about, that it's probably going to be false flag type of shit, you know, like, oh, my God, they're here. Yeah. Um, and um, and then kind of use it against us. But whatever. That's I, I mean, I, I I agree with a lot of what he says. You know, that's the the. Tra- I mean, look, not to get it all biblical, but that's something that they say about Satan. It's you know the biggest trick uh, Satan ever did was was uh, I don't even remember the line, but uh, making you believe that he's not evil or whatever the fuck. Anyways, but right. I mean, that's yeah. To sum it up, yeah. To yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, what what I worry about is him using his credentials to get in there and convince people that it's you know to a point he he is saying yeah this disclosure government anyways. <laughs> this is why I have my show because I'm so opinionated on this shit and I don't want to take <laughs> yours over anyways. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's all right. I mean, I love the topic too. It's, yeah. Um, well, what I'm going to have to do is have you on mine, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm all have for to it. Have you on mine? Cause this is already a fantastic conversation. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, it's uh, something I'm deeply interested in, in my very little spare time. I'll think about things that are way above my pay grade. You know, I have a um, I have an associate of mine who was in the intelligence agency for 30 years. This is what he told me. He's like, look, none of this shit matters. All right. Work hard. Take care of your family. Stay healthy. If you can earn more, earn more and disconnect from all this garbage, because at the end of the day, everything always turns out just fine. Yeah. Doesn't matter what's going on globally. Everything, you know, um, and it comes down to the basic understanding of mutual destruction. Yeah, doesn't no, matter that's very we, true. Doesn't matter what leader of what country talks whatever shit they talk about. It's um, nobody wants to engage in mutual destruction. That's so right. it's just political theater on a global yeah. scale. Just disconnect, live your life, be happy, you know. Um, and you know, through all of my uh, through all of my experiences with psilocybin, for like uh, for uh, deeper understanding of like. My nature, my, you know, my behaviors uh, has led to a better understanding of all human behavior. This is this is kind of how we are um, in many, many ways. All all these things that uh, that we see, this is it's just people, you know, who makes rules, who makes laws. They're fucking people. They're no better than you or I. You're no smarter. Yeah, they're no smarter than you or I. Uh, That's right. But generally laws are governed or. Um, at least they come about with, uh, with, you know, a lot of personal interest. Yeah. Someone's someone gains just yeah. like, just like how today's topic is going to be about cannabis. We're going to talk about cannabis. We're going to talk about CBD. Uh, cool. Uh, I, I know you mentioned, uh, um, that you're a manager of a retail location for CBD. You've been helping people. Yeah. Yeah. Start, you know, discover cannabinoids, find relief in many different ways. Yeah. But, I've been saying it for a number of years. I'm like, dude, um, cannabis legalization now smells funny to me. Oh, you're a hundred percent. Look, I'm a conspiracy guy. So the first thing I say is read between the lines. If you tell if they're telling you they want to legalize, there's a reason they want to leave. And it's not for the betterment of mankind. It's yeah. not for the betterment of cannabis. It's yeah. fucking money, dude. It's money, massive amounts of money and control. And probably control. Yeah, that's, probably, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, here, smoke this. Shut up. Don't look over here. Yeah. Don't ask questions. 
Well, and, and look, we're going to give you cannabis, but our way. So that way you're not harping about wanting weed anymore. You know, we're controlling it still. Now we get to take over an industry we've wanted to take over forever. The government's wanted this industry forever, and now they're going to get it. Yeah, they're going to get I, it. And I'm sure there's a lot of special interest preventing its, mm-hmm. uh, its you know, progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, here we have public perception uh, shifting almost overnight, it seems. Yeah. Right. But I feel like even 15 years ago, there was a, a dramatic um, percentage of Americans that were already for it. Oh, yeah. So like, so, you know, I say like, OK, why now? What, yeah, what's why the now? well, you know, what's the benefit of um, what's the benefit of legalizing it now? And I look at human nature and I say, OK, so what are the benefits? I mean, I said it in, uh, in a recent video or episode, you know, weed legalization isn't for you and I, though we do benefit. Yeah. There's a, a, a deeper there's probably a deeper reason for legalization at this very moment in history. We'll, we may find out in 20 years exactly well, what. If you, if you look at the amount of money pouring into the federal government, into the federal government from legal cannabis, and I'm not just talking about incarcerations. I'm not just talking about assets seized, which does happen. I am talking about federal tax money that these shops have to pay. We're talking, look, in my little town, I have a little pot shop that pays $900,000 a year in federal tax money. That's insane. That's insanity. That's one. That's one. Yeah. In one state. So the federal government is, is making hand over fist money. People that think this just benefits the state. No, 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 no. It's it's federal money, too. Yeah. Um, and then once they take over as far as federal legalization, which I would love to believe is is going to be good, uh, is going to allow them to do what they did to alcohol. They're going to take out mom and pop shops and they're going to slap in state run uh, state run pot shops, period. Yeah, and they're going to tax the holy fuck out of it. The I mean, holy fuck out of it. Uh, which they already do, which they already do. And I think it's more aggressive um, presently in terms of taxation than what, what it might, what it may look like in the future. Like uh, yeah. if we look at alcohol, alcohol is pretty inexpensive. Yeah. D- depending on what you want to buy. And then of course there's branding uh, factors that go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, fairly inexpensive to, uh, to enjoy some drinks or get fucked up, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your mm-hmm. preference is. But um even if legalization happened on a national level, uh, at some point the uh, the taxation will probably be absorbed the by somebody, either industry. Uh, but uh, in terms of cost wise, I think uh, it'll be pretty reasonable, very close to how we see alcohol today. Might take ten years, I don't know, but yeah. I would like to believe it's uh, there's some benefits to uh, you know to the people of our country but um obviously the biggest benefit is business yeah taxation um control uh you know uh crop control like who you know you know which farms are going to dominate um is philip morris and altria going to flip and switch from tobacco farms to cannabis farms almost why switch why switch man why switch let's do both 
Yeah, I, I mean, mean they there's probably no, there's will. No, there's no reason to even give up ground in one area for them to gain ground in other. They're just going to expand. Watch these companies expand. Look, RJ Reynolds is already involved in weed. Yeah, that's Marlboro. You know, yeah. they're already in the timber industry already in. Wow. They're already in. So so all it takes is federal legalization. These people can expand their industry into states that where it's not allowed that you talk about business being the forerunner timber can't get into places like idaho with weed well guess what they can if it goes federal i mean the state can still say no but now you have federal backing so you can at least that changes everything it changes everything yeah i mean look yeah go ahead no go go ahead no i was just gonna say that it, it basically is just it's going to allow corporate to take over. That's what has been the banks aren't involved yet, right? Yep. No banks aren't involved. Uh corporate America isn't involved yet to, to the most part. You have corporate in fact suing small farms over their names. <laughs> right? So so what's going to happen? You're going to have this giant just just gobble up. C- corporate now has the free reign to just come in and scoop up in the money for a lot of these farms you're talking about tier 1s in Washington state for one are going to get gobbled up like like crazy because the money is going to be irresistible. But that marijuana license, that that farm you have, that infrastructure you built, that's valuable. That's that, yeah, valuable. Incredibly valuable because you that's already right. did all the hard work and so they're going to try to come in and buy you, you know, right. at a uh, at a at a discount because that's they're going right. to offer you a lump sum of money if you hold out long enough, you might be able to get more. That's right. Problem is, is that we've, you know, we've seen it before. If you try to hold out too long, then they turn to some really nasty tactics, you know, uh, trying to trying to kneecap you, um, and then and then put you in a position where you're like, well, damn, now I have to sell at at a discount and even less than what they were offering before because we're in trouble all of a sudden. Yeah. Whatever. And those are people be. that still have the fight in them. You talk about farms that have been in this ten years already. Yeah. That have have been have not been able to upgrade from tier one to tier two let's let's take washington state washington state tier one which which for those that don't know tier one and there's tier one tier two tier three you're you're familiar with that i'm not tell me tier structure in washington state is the canopy space okay so tier one license you can have like three thousand square foot canopy space and i could be getting my numbers way fucking wrong here so don't you know don't quote me on this but it's all about canopy space so there's tier one, tier two, tier three in Washington state, tier three being the biggest, obviously. Those are big companies like Fat Panda, Virginia Company. Um, these are big companies that are that are big in Washington state. Right. Probably um, select. Yeah. Yeah. So, select. so in, but you have these tier ones, 3% of the market is all that remains of tier one, 3% in the entire state. So you talk about 3% of the market that have literally clawed their way through the cannabis industry into retailers who you've got that one purchasing manager who doesn't give a shit about quality. He only cares about the bottom line. He only cares about the money, right? It's not about craft cannabis. It's not about wholesome, you know, pesticide-free cannabis. So he's taking the big guys because he can get a, a bulk deal, you know, yeah. instead of tier one. So... um. Three percent left in the market of tier ones. You have federal come in, corporate come in. That money is going to be irresistible to these guys, and you will uh-uh. lose all the craft cannabis. But that name, craft cannabis, will remain organic. Will remain. 
you know, they'll be damned if they'll let those names go, you know, because oh, that's, yeah. that's what people are really looking for. That's uh, th- those are selling points, not, uh, you know, uh, they don't necessarily have to be absolute fact either. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, look at agriculture today and what how organic is actually uh, defined. And it's not that organic No, after all. It's uh, yeah. but uh, but, you know, um, the USDA still will slap that label on there um, if it uh, meets those specific criteria. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like there, there's definitely broader issues with legalization. Uh, a year ago, I was more so, I want to say a proponent of like, let's just decriminalize nationally. And that can set a better stage for the future. Deschedule. Versus, uh, yeah. Just deschedule. And, That's right. That does and, more than federal legalization. Yeah, yeah. Well, federal legalization is going to open up the door, just like you said, for corporations to uh, right. just swallow everything as they typically do, and they've been yeah. waiting on the sidelines a long time to do yeah. so. And um, you watch as if instead of descheduling it after they federalize it, that that means our rights with it mean less than their rights with it. You see what I mean? If it's not descheduled, they can do whatever they want with it because, well, we're going to get grants and we're going to get permits and we're going to get federal funding to be able to study and research and whatever the fuck. Well, I'm not going to get a grant to smoke weed. So I'm, I'm not going to be able, I don't have the same protection under that federalization that they do. Right. So they can sell it, they can manipulate, they can, but my consumption of it is still criminal. You see what I'm saying? And that's the problem. That's what the illusion is, is, is they can, any state they want can legalize. If it's not decriminalized, the law still wins. Yeah, gov- on, a, on the, a broader level. Yeah, that's right. So until yeah. so federal, in my mind, does nothing but bring in corporate and and the and the and manipulation as opposed to openness. You decriminalize it, federalizes it when you decriminalize. Period. You don't have to federally legal legalize something if it's decriminalized, if it's if, it, if it's uh, de, uh, you know taken off the schedule. I think uh, that's I think it's a much better solution for all the immediate problems. So, you know, prosecution, uh, past uh, offenses, people locked up for long periods of time, um, multiple things that have been uh, kind of spoken about lately, which I I find it incredibly um, um, convenient and ridiculous, you know, that uh, it's being talked about now at this very stage that like, oh, we should expunge, we should... uh, uh, right the wrongs of 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago of the shit that we've done to people uh, for, you know, simple consumption or simple small possession. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we could have California. I, I'm in Southern California. California could have done that in 96 when they uh, uh, made it medicinal, but they didn't. Should have. Should they, yeah. have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, they should have, but well, they well, also could have. Yeah. And they chose not to for another 20 plus years. <laughs> Um, and it obviously wasn't so all this social equity shit that's coming out today, yeah. um, is, uh, is politically motivated completely. And, um, you know, there'll be people that benefit, of course, of course. So you're in Washington state. Yeah. Well, right. well, I'm actually, you know, even though I don't like to say this, I'm in Idaho, you know, but I'm right on a border town. So I'm in Lewiston, Clarkston. Um, so it's, uh, it's literally 
you know, a bridge that separates us. Um, so you have okay. fully legal state and then Russia. I mean, it's like straight <laughs> up. It's straight up, dude. We used to do that when we were in the industry. We called it Russia because it was like the they would follow you. The, the Washington cops would follow you to the bridge and then call over to the Idaho cops and they'd be waiting for you as soon as you cross. Oh, these guys left the dispensary. Oh, it's crazy, man. And if you had Idaho plates, you were fucked. You know, that's, I mean, they it was crazy. That's really dumb. So, it yeah, was, like the, that kind of that kind of shit is out of control. Out of I control. can't believe that. Yeah, I can't believe they were doing that because yeah. it's uh, like you officers don't have anything better to do. Oh, oh, well, in a small town, dude, of course they don't. <laughs> you know, of course they don't. Shit, man. I mean, I, I look at, I look, you know, I look, I marched to, you know, there was a moratorium set up in Clarkston when they passed Washington that, that Clarkston was not going to allow it. So the pot shops, oh, a one pot shop opened and they shut them down four separate times. Um, confiscated their shit, you know, all this stuff four separate times, even though Washington state was legal. So we marched on city hall and got it, got it, uh, 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 appealed, repealed, whatever it is, uh, the moratorium. And, um, it was a big deal, but unfortunately what we didn't see is we didn't see the, the lack of protection for the medical industry on the back end of, of recreational. We didn't, we didn't realize that, that literally yeah. they were going to decimate the <laughs> medical side of it, that, that a medical patient aside from me saves 8% more than I do. That's it. That's the only difference. They can hold more weight and they get 8% off. They don't have to pay the tax. That's it. 8% isn't that much, man. We're, we're paying no. like, we're paying like 35 here for recreational weed. And, well, uh, that's, that's just, the the one customer sales tax that doesn't include the excise tax on the on the retailer it's you know it's it's nuts man it's brutal yeah it's brutal it's brutal and they get taxed on everything that comes in the shop they get taxed on everything that goes out of the shop the the customer gets taxed the normal sales tax it's crazy that's insane amounts of money it's insane amounts talk about theft oh it's unreal man <laughs> so so it, it was an illusion it was an illusion that we were all, which, yeah, now we could go and we could buy pot. As you said, somebody benefits. So we benefited from being able to go buy fairly inexpensive weed. It did drop the prices, which was great. The quality went through the roof, which was great. But then what you had is you had these big companies come through with poisonous pot. It's over pesticide shit. Washington State is lax as fuck on pesticide testing. I mean, you can go buy a package right now from a pot shop. It says pesticides, not tested. Oh, are you not sure not test tested? Not detected? Non-detectable? Not tested. Not, not tested. tested. Oh. oh, believe me, man. I read these fucking labels. <laughs> you know, I go, you know, me and a bunch of my buddies, we're, we're big on this. You know, I got friends that are growers. We're all about, you know, the quality. And that's the first thing that we saw go in, in recreational was the quality. We were like, holy shit. There is there is legit over crazy, you know, and then the amount of butane used in things like I mean, I'm going off on a thing, but the amount of concentrates or uh, butane used in concentrates is insane. And butane has been shown to accelerate cancer cells. And you have people that are using uh, cannabis for cancer. Yeah. You know, what, yeah. Are, what are we doing here? 
Yeah. And, and you have companies that could give two shits less what's left in the anyways. It all just comes down to the fact that legalization is not the answer. The answer is descheduling and decriminalizing, period. Anything else is virtue signaling and a half ass measure at best. At best. At best. Yeah. And I if mean, not, and at worst, it's it's a capture maneuver at worst. It's them opening the door for themselves to be able to come in that they've is, been trying to do forever, which which, which I think is uh, highly likely the case, because, yeah. uh, for example, you have, uh, let's say, Washington, D.C., they l- recreationalize cannabis. And then um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you start hearing about certain council members of the city or politician, whatever, like owns this so and so shop. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, okay. Isn't that kind of a conflict of interest? You're you're getting in early. How about you let you know some regular Americans get involved or participate? Yeah. Um, it's not like they can't, but generally the the uh, I want to say the challenges are quite high. Yeah. If you're just a regular person wanting to get into cannabis. It's quite difficult to do so. Uh, the capital needed is high and then all the regulations you need to jump through uh but here you got you know some politician who's like i'm in it yeah right oh yeah well and here here's what they get to say you vote me in i'll legalize pot they get voted in they don't legalize pot or it takes them two years after the fucking vote to even get anything going in that state after the people have said we want this here. Two years later, they're still debating whether to bring it in or not. I'm looking at an article right now. Congresswoman says Joe Biden needs to, after the pardon deal, needs to allow Washington, D.C. to establish a commercial cannabis market and grant clemency on its own. Yeah, that's happened. That was a day ago. Yeah. Like you I said, mean, how long has D.C. been legal? Yeah, it's insane. Quite, it's quite a while. You know, the people yeah. have look, if it really was about the people and the people like what they want, this would be legal. This would be done deal. They wouldn't be him and Han about doing it yet. It'd be a done deal if it was about what the people want. It's not about what the people want. I'm an anti-government guy, so this is where I'm coming from. But I'm just saying that this is absolutely the door to corporatism the door to government takeover. This isn't a door to expanding cannabis and, and expanding the cannabis movement from the guys that were growing in Humboldt County, the DA dropping from helicopters. Those are the guys that this is for. Those are the guys that this is for. These are the godfathers, the OGs of the people that were growing in the mountains for spirituality from other countries that grew for cultures. We have it in America the way other countries wish they could have it. We have a thriving industry. Now, if we don't do it right, we're going to lose it. Not only that, are we going to lose it? It's going to get taken over by the very people who we fought to keep it out of the hands of from day one. I think, but I think that's uh, the, I feel like that was always an inevitability that uh, any industry that kind of breaks through, finds some footing, continues to grow. And then we see what we're seeing today as uh, there's more talks of recreationalizing, passing uh, federal level laws. Um, this, th- All these different steps 
were always meant to lead to exactly what you're talking about. Um, I've been a proponent of the medical era quality of cannabis, but uh, the idea that it was medicine, it no longer is. Yeah. Um, and a lot has changed since then. I look back and say, well, you know, you Californians voted yes. You didn't even bother fucking reading this thing. <laughs> you know, uh, you're like, Same oh, here, man. you know, recreation. Yeah. Let's recreationalize. Okay, I'll sign. I'll, you know, I'll vote yes. But uh, what we had under medical laws were quite perfect. You want yeah. weed? You can get weed. Yeah. You don't care about weed. You can it's grow not in your, your face. own. You can grow your own. You know, and thankfully, because it was under the medicinal laws, it was medicine. So, you know, you mentioned cannabis being uh, more poisonous today, especially with uh, the different practices, the, uh, the 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 pesticide treatments. Uh, I don't know if it's the same thing where you are currently, but have you noticed under certain states where recreational uh, cannabis exists, have you noticed that cannabinoid levels are near zero? You have high THC, oh, little or no cannabinoids. Yeah. That, is, that is a reality here in California. You go buy some bud from a dispensary, you'll see 20, 30% THC. And then if you look over to the right on those lab reports, Virtually most of those are near zero. Near so zero. the medicine has the medicine has been stripped out. You Look, know, this you- is the way I describe it is cannabis is magic. We don't even know what all is in there, let alone how it works. I mean, we understand like what certain at this point, we're understanding what certain cannabinoids do in the body. But we're talking what 400 cannabinoids that we, we've discovered that I believe somewhere around there. And that's not even all of them the minor and the major cannabinoids, we have no idea. It's like this, the consciousness of the mind. And mind you, there's a link there, but it's like the consciousness of the mind. We might have an idea of what the mind is and how certain things work, but there is also something there that we can't even fathom. We can't even break through with all of our research, with all of our data. There's something in there that we can't put our finger on. And that's the same thing with cannabis. There is something in there that we can't put our finger on. The way it works naturally and wholly when it's not manipulated, when it's, when, as you said, when it's perfect, there is something there that interacts with the human body in a magical way. And there have been people that have responded so well to it. It's, dare I say, curing them. <laughs> so so the the thing is, is that, as you said, it's it's medicine, but now it's been stripped down to its individual parts, which are not medicine. They they do have what seems to be some medical value, as CBD is a perfect example of this. It Correct. seems to have a medical value to it and THC to a, to a to a point, but you have to mitigate that high. But cannabis, like Rick Simpson is a perfect guy to look at, has revolutionized a recipe that encompasses all the magic of cannabis into a, into a small syringe that people are healing from like undeniably healing from. And it's because they're not stripping out the magic. So, you know, this is my worry about synthetic cannabinoids that are coming out is that there's this big push for synthetic cannabinoids in the pharmaceutical realm that are, are hurting people. 
When you say synthetic, are you talking about uh, all the hemp derived THC that's out there? No, I am. Delta eight THCO. No, those are those are legitimate. Those are legit. I mean, you know, you could argue how fake they are in the industry, but those are real compounds that exist. I'm talking about the pharmaceutical lab grown, manipulated, enhanced, concentrated synthetic cannabinoids that when uh, there's been numerous articles released that when they were when these leaked quote unquote, from the lab, these these synthetic cannabinoids, they were used in things like spice that were killing people. Yeah, I remember spice. That shit's yeah. illegal globally. Yeah. Reason, yeah. because it killed people. And you know why? Because it had concentrated uh, levels of synthetic cannabinoids that caused heart damage, that caused liver damage, heart failure. Wow. They were fatal. So, So we're talking about what happens every time. Government manipulation to to, you know, to turn a natural healing compound into something that hurts and harms. Oh, but if you dose it right, it doesn't. It doesn't. And uh, and, uh, you know, generally speaking, uh, harm isn't immediate. It's generally uh, a longer process, much like opioids or any type of medications people might take. You might take them for 20 years and. You know, it's doing what it's supposed to do, but 20 years go by, 30 years go by, all of a sudden it starts creating these other problems that you're like, where, where did this surface from? That's right. Uh, uh, I I would, I would say it's probably very similar to that. You can use them and let's say you use them appropriately, but eventually they're likely to have some other problems that kind of arise from them. Um, Plant medicines are very unique. They're, you know, uh, there are natural properties that have existed forever. Is magic. And, and yeah, you can call it magic. You know, just like the, you know, there was something you had mentioned in one of your episodes talking about, um, uh, and, and you kind of touched up on it now as you were comparing the two, how the, you know, how little we understand of the mind. Uh, but uh, in that episode, I think you were speaking more so about like existence in life. Like we don't, we don't know exactly, but the essence or the spirit or the energy lives on forever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you know which episode I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I talk about that a lot. I talk about it a lot. Yeah. And uh, I, when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of where I've been for like the last 10 years is um, because these are things I think about often, you know, uh, and you know, from the natural laws of, I think it's thermodynamics, um, but basically en- energy lives on forever. Yeah. It doesn't disappear. It doesn't dissipate. It just transfers. We can right? see it in, in everyday life. We can see that. So it's to me, it's ridiculous to assume that our energy just poof yeah. is gone simply because our body fades away. Right. Yeah. This vessel, you know, is powered by something. That's right. That's yeah. right. And our mind, our consciousness, that thing, that thing about us that we can't put our put our finger on it's because it's universal energy and you're not meant to put your finger on it it's not not one thing (laughs) that you can put your finger on it is literally everything it's it's this desk it's my fucking eyeball it's literally everything everything in existence you can't put your finger on it and that's what humans have a problem with is that we got to put our finger on something and we got to figure it the fuck out well maybe you shouldn't maybe your existence is meant to ponder this thing instead of pinning it down with your finger maybe it's meant to ponder this this 
it, you know, that's anyways, I, yeah, I could, yeah. I could literally go off on a, <laughs> but, but you're, you're absolutely right. The consciousness is, is just, that's what irks me is we take something so natural and beautiful and we twist it and we churn it into something that's usable and profitable that now yeah. causes harm. And then we demonize the natural version of that because the synthetic version does this. Right. And it's uh, and it's more profitable to, to go with the synthetic and something that's controlled. I mean, uh, you remember Marinol? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it, it was a it was a commercial failure for the most part. Yeah. And yep. uh, the reason being is it's very difficult to mimic what occurs in nature uh, synthetically. It's difficult, mm-hmm. not impossible. Yeah. You know, but it, it goes to show that um, the generalized ideas that uh, they approach Marinol, Marinol with uh, just didn't work out because they were missing components. Yeah. Oftentimes, whatever's naturally occurring in cannabis, at least back then. The nowadays, magic. I, yeah. I mean, nowadays, it's all <laughs> fucking, um, it, it, it's all highly manipulated. And I said to myself, I started seeing this in 2018, uh, and, yeah. uh, at least here in this state. So back to my question, like mm-hmm. uh, if you're buying your bud from Washington state, are you noticing the same thing? Are you able to get cannabis that has um, almost adequate amounts of cannabinoids? Do you still see CBD, CBN, CBA, all these, you know, all these other things in the actual lab reports on the packages you're buying? Let me say this. I'm a conspiracy guy. So here we go. Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in the industry, I was in about a year, maybe a year and a half after legalization in Washington state. So I got to see a lot of the early growth from inside. And one of the big things that came through was labs being bribed by big companies to produce numbers. Oh, I mean, big time. I'm so not we're, surprised, but we're, yeah. we're talking, you know, there was a hand, you know, at this time there wasn't a ton of labs. But it was like 70% of the labs were being bribed with huge payments by big companies that could do that to produce big numbers. We're talking like a 37% THC that came out in the beginning of the industry. Go fuck yourself. Okay. (laughs) Like shit like that. And then all of a sudden these labs get popped and the whole, all the numbers dropped in the industry. I'm not even shitting you. They all dropped. So it went right back down. Here it was in the beginning of the industry. All the numbers were up over 30s, 32s, 34. No problem. You could find that all day long. As soon as the labs got popped, you could you were lucky to find a 32. I mean, lucky. It was all 27s, 26s, you know, still fucking high, man. It's still high. But but at least that's a little bit more natural. Now, here's I'll go a little bit more into this. Okay, so now you have the lab manipulation. So I say. It's hard to believe what's printed on paper these days. Got it. You can manipulate anything. You have a ton of money going into these labs. Look, I, and not to go all crazy, but you know, these days with government funding and scientific labs, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to not see some kind of bias or sway or buyout. Uh, uh, the buyout is an interesting one. I've, I've thought about that for years. How many dispensaries own the labs or how many, you know, like, um, for example, we, we got a huge company here called Nameless Genetics and they started mm. out really early, you know, um, and they blew up, man. I'm, I'm happy for them. I, I, I know some of their family members, uh, but, um, you know, 
what was to stop them from like just acquiring a lab mm-hmm. and, and and just put it under a different LLC and be like, okay, nameless grows and cultivates all of the uh, uh, of the you know material and product, and then this other lab company uh, subsidiary is testing all of them. So yeah. conflict of interest, big time. Well, in France, yeah, it's a small industry. I mean, you figure, you know, the amount of people that were underground that had the infrastructure to pop as soon as it went legal. That was a small group. Yeah, definitely. They knew each other. They I'll, I'll tell you something that happened that, you know, you might find inter- interesting that, you know, you could say this is how they did it with labs. There was a law in Washington state that uh, a grow license could not also hold a retail license. Okay. So if I owned a farm, I could not hold a retail license as well. Okay. And it was this whole idea of, of, uh, uh not allowing monopolies, right? Uh, there's ways here's, around it <laughs> here. Oh, well, I'll tell you right now, here's what happened. Uh, retailers started hiring sales reps from farms as their purchasing managers, as their general managers. What happens? You create a funnel store. By doing that. So in essence, you have accomplished the same thing that went rampant. I mean, a ton of stores, especially in big cities, Seattle, Spokane. Um, this was a known, very known thing that that a, a general manager was also a sales rep for a big company. And it was and they were just funneling product. So as a, I go back to the three percent tier ones. Well, they don't have the backing. They don't have the connections. They don't have the relationships. So now you've got a whole store that's dedicated to that type of of weed, bargain weed. And now you've got a craft cannabis guy that comes through and he's all pumped up because he's just grown legitimately good pesticide-free cannabis and can't get in the shop. Yeah. So there's ways around that. But Yeah, you know what? Same thing happened here in California, too. It destroyed small growers because they just couldn't, they couldn't participate anymore. Like yep. they were, they were okay to participate under the medicinal laws. They were compliant. Yeah. What, what the fuck changed when it went recreational? All of a sudden they're not compliant. Yeah. Why, you know, why? Um, I'm sure Funny. there's the, yeah, I'm sure there's, you know, deeper details about um, how compliance uh, changed over time. Sure. Oh, but, sure. Yeah, uh, sure. But, but still, I mean, um, I would say under medicinal laws, it was still quite uh, stringent, you know, um, uh, I want to say processes. They, they yeah. were like they, they, they were trying to make sure that things were safe uh, for the most part. Nowadays, what you're describing out of Washington happens here, too. I know a lot of fairly large growers um, that uh, used to be able to sell to shops. Shops won't even buy their shit anymore. So they're like, what do I do with all this weed? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't need any more. Like uh, the purchasing manager is the greatest gig in the world because yeah. you've got, you don't even have to shop anymore. You've got grows just banging down your fucking door because that's the <laughs> only way in. That's the only way in. You're the gatekeeper. Like, you know, yeah. we used to appeal to bud tenders. They're not the gatekeepers. Ah, They're the gatekeepers yeah. for the customer. But on the back end, the, the purchasing manager, dude, that guy has power. Yeah. Power in the cannabis industry. You might and, have uh, to you might have to slip them like 10, 20 G's to like make a 
uh, a consideration. And I have no doubt that that's exactly what's happening. But you got these small farms that can't do it, man. But they're slinging out samples like a motherfucker and they're getting nowhere. Damn. You no. Know, so so that it nickel and dimes, you know, the 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 delivery fees, because you don't have the infrastructure to pay somebody to drive all that way. So you got to hire a third party to go deliver your weed for you. Um, you, you know, whereas you're a big company, fuck you do that yourself. Yeah, you can. You know, or you can hire the third party. No problem. But to go back to your question, because I keep I keep not getting to it about the cannabinoids. Right. Okay. Um, so one, my distrust of labs. I say how can you believe what's on the label to begin with? Unless you know for sure that farm, that farmer has integrity. That farmer is is really doing the right thing. You have no idea. So it comes down to chain of custody to even know that information is accurate. Two, it is engineered to fuck you up, not heal you necessarily, okay? Right. To fuck you up. So what's going to be the heavy hitter? THC. Um. I would argue that grow practices now hinder the natural growth. Terpenoid profiles are going down the toilet because if you're an indoor grow, then a lot of times, you know, what's the terpenes? It's the natural defense of the plant. Well, if you if you have a, a predator free grow, perfect climate, um, chances are it's not naturally cultivating that terpenoid profile that it might do out in the wild, potentially. Potentially right. for indoor. Also, indoor, you're just manipulating things to get that plant to grow with the numbers you want, the style, you know, the style you want. It's very manipulative growing, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I'm just saying this is what it is. So you have a general manipulation of the plant, which I would say at that in that case, it ne- it's going to change the natural structure of the plant. And that's so, what we're seeing. And that's what we're seeing. So therefore, you're going to have the environment is cultured for these specific cannabinoid growth because that's what's been going on. That's how everybody's growing. Instead of outside, you know, in the in the outside, it's growing based on its climate and its, uh, you know, its soil and all that kind of stuff. So anyways, I what I I don't I'm not saying like I know all this, but I'm saying that I think just the way things are grown these days. It changes the magic a little bit. So the cannabinoid profiles in there, you are absolutely going to lose. Like I said, there is 400 different cannabinoids that we know of. There may be leaving space for eight on that little label. Right. Okay. So even if they are nailing the other 390, whatever, my math is terrible, uh, they're still missing all that other magic. And there's no way on that label you're going to be able to, to, to yeah. you know, name all that stuff, not to mention the people that just don't know. And they're, they're not really selling to these people that necessarily know what CBDA is, what THCV is, you know, or TH, THV, whatever. Anyways, that's, that's education is a big part of it. The sellers don't know the cannabinoids they should be looking for. The, the growers aren't growing the cannabinoids they should be growing. The, the, the labs are just testing. They're not, they're not encouraging the growth of multiple cannabinoids. That should be the other thing is the lab should be encouraging this. Have some kind of incentive. Like let them ring a fucking bell when they get the labs right or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Have an incentive for these farmers to grow good shit. 
there's no incentive. The incentive is you spend more money being hands on and you and it takes you longer. You end up with generally a smaller yield because you can't spend as much money on infrastructure. And and so that's what happens. Um, so the cannabinoid argument is. We've stripped them down to two valuable cannabinoids Two. that's in the mainstream. That's what's considered. You know, then you have kind of what's sparking is CBD or CBN, CBG, um, uh, THCV, um, you know, a lot of the minor cannabinoids that are, you know, seem to have some benefit. But again, you're trying to find the magic dose in this one cannabinoid. Mm hmm. As opposed to, man, the magic is in all of them. I, I have, you have, I talk to people all the time. I have a little CBD shop, as you said, thank you. I, uh, and I talk to people all the time about RSO. I don't even fucking sell it. I can't sell it. I can't sell RSO. But when people don't get results from CBD, which sometimes happens because you have people that are beyond the help of CBD, unfortunately, one cannabinoid, they need the magic. They and I go and, and I talk to them about RSO. And then so, I also explain to them that in the industry, you're finding a, a fake version of RSO. It's not even the real thing. They'll call it RSO. They'll call it RSO and they won't tell you any different. In fact, you'll be, you'll be lucky to find a bud tender that even knows what it is. But um, RSO, it, it's a mock version of it that you're going to find and it helps with minor pain. But if you want epile, you know, if you want seizure relief, you want cancer relief you want to legitimately manage a disease the only option is grow yourself so tell tell the listeners the watchers and the readers what mm -hmm. is rso yeah rso stands for rick simpson oil and ah. rick simpson uh i can't remember the dates on this uh, my mind is terrible but um back in the day he ended up with cancer on his forehead i believe um, and he was a cannabis consumer, so he kind of made his own um, salve stuff, oil, and was using it on his skin. Cleared right up. I mean, cleared right up. Wow. And so he started thinking, well, you know, and mind you, I'm giving you the cliff notes here. But um, so he thought, well, you know what? Let me think about this for internal use. How is it for internal use? Obviously, I use it. I smoke it. But how is it for other things? So he started coming up with this recipe. Um, and what ended up coming out of it was a recipe of taking two pounds, roughly two pounds of indica cannabis, which as everybody knows is more of the health pain relief based strains are the, are the indica strains. And he cooked that down into a crock pot, making this oily substance that fit into a, a syringe, uh, not a needle syringe, mind you, but like a little plunger syringe, um, for three month regimen. And what he would do is for those that had no tolerance, because it's going to get you fucking high. That's all there is to it. It is, it is cannabis. It's going to send you to Jesus. So here's <laughs> what you got to do. You got to dose it appropriately. Okay. So you got to, which, you know, sure. If you want to meet Jesus, that's great, but you know, do it the long way. Uh, but this way, what you do is you take a grain of rice size, no shit, a grain of rice size, and you administer that sublingually in the mouth every day until you raise your tolerance. And then once you raise your tolerance up to about a gram, that's the proper dose is a gram. And a oh. dude, I'm telling you a gram again, you're going to see something probably going to be Jesus, but uh, 
that right there, a gram dose is what most people are getting the healing factor from. And they continue that dose on. And look, you can, you can, you're not allowed to say it cures. You're not allowed to say it treats, but let's be real here. There are 5,000 people at least that have come forward saying this cured me of cancer. Wow. This regimen. Now, two pounds of cannabis when you grow it yourself compared to cancer treatment in the medical field, fractions, fractions. Oh, dude, it's, it's, it's not, not even funny, man. I've got a relative from my uh, wife's side. She, you know, um, her husband passed away. She got life insurance. She's probably got close to a million dollars in cash, right? Good for her. Um, as a, uh, retired and everything. Um, every day she's worried about running out of money because of how much it costs to continue cancer Isn't treatment. Isn't that insane? She's legitimately afraid on a daily basis that she will run out of money because and of people, how expensive cancer treatment is. And people give up treatments for that. I deal with people all the time that come in and tell me they're waiting until payday to go in and get their medication. Not, not for me, not their gummies, not their CBD gummies, but because I make people deals. I work with people. I'll set up a fucking payment plan if I have to on a $60 thing of gummies. Let's yeah. do this. What, whatever we got to do. Um, we're, we're a small community, so you got to watch out for people. But, but yeah, it's, 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 it's insane that people will literally have to give up their medicine, their health, because they can't afford it. It's just, it's just, it's so sad. It's so sad when here you have this amazing, magical substance that absolutely 100% works. And we have thousands of years of evidence of this going back to 2700 BC with the Chinese, you know, using this for medicine, the English, the queen of England using this for, for menstruation. I mean, fuck, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. It's, it's funny it's how cure to what funny. ails you. Yeah. No, it's funny how for a century we we've managed to suppress it. Yeah. You know, yeah, through yeah. laws and, and, and through a uh, uh, public perception, uh, violence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. prosecution theft. I mean, it's, uh, it's mind blowing that, it um, that, uh, prior to the internet, it, it may have been impossible to educate people, yeah. uh, appropriately that like, Hey, this has existed a long time. Yeah. But presently, you know, as early as the two thousands, it's something that you, you could have researched to discover like cannabis has been here a long time and yeah. there's, uh, substantial evidence of its use for medicinal purposes. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it is mind blowing that even today, you know, someone like, uh, my relative here, uh, will not even consider cannabis as a solution. And yeah. it's sad. It is sad uh, because, um, she'd rather continue to pay the high costs versus, um, a, at least try something different. Yeah. What I've, what I've noticed and what I've learned all throughout my journey of existence on this, um, in this life is, uh, people generally will take leaps uh, in faith when they are absolutely desperate. When they're, you know, when they have no other choices, they will make that leap. People will change only when they are uh, experiencing deep suffering and pain. Pain is what generally drives change uh, in people because they just don't want to feel that anymore. And it's understandable. You know, I will. I will say. I apologize. No, no. Go ahead. I. I will say this. I. 
generally at that point, when it comes to cannabis and what it can do and what it's capable of doing, at that point, when you are to the point where everything else has failed, I can assure you, I can assure you that cannabis will not fix the permanent damage that is already done. Cannabis's true power comes from its preventative nature. That is where it truly shines. It can help your body to fight harder for itself. Which is already designed to do. That's right. If your body has already lost that fight, best case scenario that cannabis can do for you is improve the quality of life that you have left. And that is it. It will not save your life. And I tell people all the time, and I have people that tell me all the time, I wish I gotten started on this sooner. And I say, that is the biggest message I wish I could tell people is, look, this idea that it should be only available to 21 and older, fuck you. Recreationally, I get it. But I'm telling you right now, as medicine, we need to be talking about this for everyone. I I was in radio for a little bit. I had a little radio show called Weedness Day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where, where, uh, you know, I, I had this really straight laced DJ that for some reason wanted to have me on talking about weed. And I was very like this. And, uh, and you know, I, on public radio, I was like, we should make it available for kids. I don't understand what we're doing here. You know? And I mean, I went on and this guy's face was just like, it's shocked because he's like, I'm in fucking trouble. And, uh, yeah, we had, we had a very big conversation with everybody after that, the whole station about like that cannot be said on public air. And I'm like, I I'm telling the truth. It should absolutely this idea that it should, it it's a drug for one needs to be taken out. It is medicine. And that yes, at a certain point it is intoxicating, but you're telling me that hydros aren't intoxicating. You're telling me that Percocets aren't intoxicating, that Adderall's not intoxicating. Get out of here. And Get all of, you here. know, and a lot of these things, you know, um, are perfectly okay to prescribe oh. to kids, you know, oh, depending yeah. on the drug, but in yeah. general, like, uh, um, chemicals of all types, naturally, uh, occurring and or synthetically derived, they're, they're all drugs, yeah. you know, um, and I think uh, this is where the education really kicks in. Um, I've dealt with CBD for 10 years. I, I oh, am you a, have? So I was one of the first retailers in Southern California to adopt oh, it. Oh, that's rad. So in 2012, as a retailer, not many knew what it was and not many uh, felt confident about carrying it. Yeah. Me being a, a smoker, being inside of dispensaries we were exposed. We were seeing the lab reports, right? Under the yeah. medical laws. We were like, Oh, it's got all these other things. What, what is all this? And yeah. when the first uh, pharmacist formulated uh, brand came out, which is green roads out of Florida, I started carrying it and there was not a whole lot of demand for it, but um, you're absolutely right in the sense that it, it helps a lot of people, but uh, the sooner, the better. Rather yeah. than, you know, rather than waiting. Um, Last case scenario should not be where you start looking at cannabis. Yeah. Where you start looking at cannabis or its derivatives. Yeah. Um, and all throughout all these years, right? It, it went completely commercial by 2017. It became a household name. Everyone yeah. was willing to consume it because they felt confident it had little or no THC. Yeah. Uh, and that they wouldn't fail any screenings. But 
um, it reminds me of a time when there were parents who were treating their epileptic kids with either CBD or uh, RSO, mm-hmm. uh, and they had to be really, really quiet about it because social services will come for your kids. Oh, yeah. But, Hard. Yeah. Hard. But, I mean, the evidence was there if a, if a child was reducing their seizures down to like one a day. If, if one. If that. If one. If one. And the medications they were taking couldn't even do that. I mean, yeah. as a parent, what do you do? Yeah. You, you save your child's life. Yeah. You fucking do what you have to do. You love right. your children. You That's love your right. children more than the pharmaceutical companies love your children. You well, yeah, because they love money. Politicians, yeah. They, that's it, man. That's it. Um, and it's it's wild, man, where we are today. And I agree that uh, as a medicine, it should be available to everyone, especially when we're seeing those types of results. It's quantifiable. Yeah. The you know the data is there. Yeah. Um, should we commercialize it and put it into a pill? I mean, that that has its own uh, its own implications. Well, we know what happens when you do that. We, are, yeah, we already know generally. what happens. So generally. so the only answer is this. Give it. Give the power to the people to do this themselves. Yeah. I guarantee you one thing. A father. Well, OK, there's some psychos out there. But as, those aside, <laughs> those aside, a father that's trying to save his child's life through natural medicine is not going to throw rat poison in the fucking capsules for shits and giggles because, oh, it cuts down the product so we can manufacture it easier. No, never going to happen. No, nope. never going to happen. But that happens with with medications that happens with drugs, you know, from from pharmacies and what from pharmaceuticals and whatnot. It has shit in there that poisons your body. No pretty- father is going to do that to his kid. It's pretty alarming. I was listening to NPR uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, the story of uh, Johnson and Johnson came up with their uh, baby powder. Yeah, yeah, um, and scary shit, man. Oh yeah, the fact that uh, uterine cancer was detected from the use of this product going back uh, several decades, and company would not admit whatsoever, uh, and they still offer the damn product. Yeah, um, I think they did switch to I think uh, some type of starch. Instead yeah, they of, had to reconfigure. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, yeah, but they still continue, at least to some point, continue yeah. to offer this and put it on shelves uh, and denied it up and down that uh, there was any evidence of that. But yeah. you look at the uh, the ingredient that was being used, it's raw earth material. Yeah. You know, um, I, f- I forget what it's called. Uh, I, f- I forget exactly what that material can... was. Yeah, the Johnson & Johnson baby powder main ingredient was something you'll find it as you google it i'm gonna google it right now but right now what did, what did you discover uh let's see now they're going to the oh shit you bring up johnson johnson the first two pages are all vaccine oh and oh i thought it was going to be the uh the opioid settlement they had a year yeah. ago which was convenient, I thought, considering that they were given a lot of uh, money to develop a vaccine that didn't work. Yeah. Which I imagine they probably used that money to go ahead and settle the that opioid, of course. Uh, well, of that course. opioid suit. <laughs> Just shuffle some things around. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, we developed a vaccine that didn't work out, but we kept the money and yeah. we're just going to pay these people off over here uh, to settle that suit. Um, that's kind of uh, 
kind of my conspiracy behind that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, uh, talc fragrant. No, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talcum powder. Oh, okay. Talcum powder. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. It, so I mean, you look into that and you say, oh, so this is a raw earth material. Yeah. I think I think mined out of uh, uh, whatever mines that have it naturally occurring, and it's uh, it's crazy to think it's taken all these decades to um, to discover that yes, there's a problem with this, but company will never admit it. And yeah. it, it goes into the broader uh, perspective of like all of these companies will do whatever it takes to stay profitable and keep their names out of the uh, out of the uh, media. Yeah, um, well, it's a stakeholder stakeholder economy, man. I mean, that yeah. that's exactly what I mean, we're headed into it. You know, I'm not going to get all crazy political, but, you know, that that's the bigger picture is stakeholder. And you can see it in the corporate. It's all about the stakeholders money. That they're slave to the CEO is nothing but an employee of the stakeholders, and so, well, so I mean, it's, it's understandable if you're investing. Like I'm an course. investor, I'm an investor too, but yeah, I have to be mindful. That's right about where I'm investing and and why, of course, and uh, and, and divest when we see things that are like, okay, this is not good, yeah. and even if the company can can survive it or overcome it, um. The uh, the the chances of harm or long term damage may still exist. So, like, you have to divest. You have to get out of things that are just not that are just not good. I mean, yeah. you know, people invest in McDonald's knowing full well their food is crap. Yeah. But at the same time, it's hard to believe that a single McDonald's properly uh, situated in the you know in an intersection generates. Upwards of twenty grand a day in revenue, yeah, per day. And look, it comes down to a lack of education. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest issue. If you had true education of economics, if you had true education of finances, if you had true education of values, true education of health, well, you wouldn't have stakeholders that were okay with a company that just is it, the the stakeholder wouldn't be going. I don't give a fuck. Make it happen. Yeah. My bottom line is that stay, you would have stakeholders that say, well, I won't invest in a company that's not ethical. So that that's what it is, is it it's it's you have to educate the lack of empathy out of people. You have to you have to make sure that, look, the incentive to get money is you have to have compassion to make money. You have to you have to philanthropy. For it to be profitable, which it it this is not the case, but I'm saying for philanthropy to be profitable, it should only be for humanity's sake. It shouldn't be about it shouldn't be about oh well I get government subsidies so yeah you know, I tax mean, evasion uh, yeah <laughs> it's you know that's really what happens is philanthropy has been turned into corporatism just like everything else. Yeah, and, that's and, why. So every know, company I, has a foundation apparently. That's right, and so that's it. Really comes down to. We as a people are, you know, to get to the broader picture is that we as a people are losing our sense of humanity. And it's all about money for any reason, because at the end of the day, well, as long as I'm getting mine and I can take care of my family, then that's all that matters. We need to have a sense of 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 community here. And I, I don't mean just what you can see and where you drive. You know, I, I'm saying sense of community as in the whole fucking planet. You know, what happens in China, I should take just as seriously what happens in my neighborhood. 
You know, I, because eventually what's happening somewhere is going to happen somewhere else because it, 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 somebody looks at that and says, well, they're doing it and they're making money off of it and they're profiting off of it. And look at their guys are, you know, riding the sailboat looking good. Well, maybe I could do the same thing. Absolutely. It really comes down to it. And so, you know, culture, all this feeds into each other. People have this big argument of, you know, what's politics or culture? What's driving? It's all connected. It's all connected. It all shapes our sense of reality. And that's the bigger picture here is is just we're shattering our reality for for worshiping these material things instead of realizing like uh, that's why I like to refer to cannabis as magic, because to me, part of the problem is that we're trying to define all the little things that make up that magic and trying to isolate them and, and profit those things as opposed to let's just retain the magic. Let's make sure that we maintain that magic so it keeps doing what it is. And we can make money doing that. But we have to do that at all costs. Otherwise, what happens is, is the magic's gone. And you might be able to heal a little bit here and a little bit there. But the magic is what heals everything. And and you can say that to the broader world, man. You can say that about the broader world in general. There is magic in humanity. And when you start isolating these little things, well, what makes up humanity? What makes it? Well, there's magic there. And, and we're, we're so separated. We're all these little parts instead of being one big community. And, that's, and yeah, that, that's part that's of the universe. That's <laughs> right, man. And, and cannabis is a big part of that universe that brings us back to our natural humanity. It, it makes you better. It makes you kinder. It heals you. It gives you perspective. It makes you aware that the sense of paranoia that's heightened awareness motherfucker <laughs> that's heightened awareness welcome welcome to higher awareness yeah you should be a little paranoid you should be a little paranoid that's the world we live in guess what you're tapping into that energy you should have been tapped into to begin with you're feeling something but people shy away from that and so this idea like well i don't want the high you know, even though I get it, I understand that. I understand you got to, but maybe you should embrace that a little bit, even on a microdose level, even on a microdose level, take that in a little bit. People come to me and they talk to me about THC free CBD. And I, I have a conversation with them about that. But then I also say, you know, maybe we, here's some things to know about THC for the future. Yeah. Just so you know, just so well, you know. Well, you know, part, part of that education, and I've mentioned it to many uh, consumers, um, thousands of people man is that uh cbd will work better when you have that 0.3 percent that's right um it's a it has a function Mm -hmm. within within the whole when you strip it it'll still work yeah but it's not going to work as well yeah um and obviously people have their reasons for shying away from thc um fear lack of education misinformation um but ultimately it is a very magical plant. It yep. does so much for people. Um, I mean, many of us who have smoked most of our lives turned out all right. <laughs> yeah. We're 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 all right. We're we're yeah, you know, productive people. We have families. I mean, it's crazy to think. Um, as we as we see the corporatization of cannabis, we're seeing like Amazon came out and said we're not screening for cannabis anymore. Yeah, we Which know is they're great. Re- well, we know their reasons. They, you know, they're short on uh, employees. They're like, <laughs> that's we need, right. We need to find a way to hire. Quick, more bring in the they, stoners. Yeah, bring in the stoners. Maybe they need to. Maybe they need to work. That's you right. You know, um, 
but it's uh, you know they have their reasons, but we have we get some benefit out of it too. California yeah. just announced, uh, and they passed a law. They're no longer sc- uh, they're going to be fining companies who still screen for cannabis. Mm. So I'm like, okay, there's a step forward. That is but a step forward. We do benefit from it, but ultimately, I think it's uh, it, you know, in the broader scheme of things, um, we're seeing this global acceptance. Look at around the world. We have countries around the world making changes in cannabis too. And I'm like, there's something happening here. Yeah. Um, And I think cannabis is going and and hemp, hemp derived products, right? We have, we have a sustainability issue on our planet, right? Yeah. What is one thing that can begin to solve some of these problems? Hemp. Hemp. That's right. Well, look back in the 1800s and earlier, man. Hemp was mandatory in the U.S., Mandatory. Mandatory. If you were a farmer, you had to dedicate a portion of your land to hemp. Why? Paper, fabric, uh, sales, you name it. Not to mention the biomass that came out of it. And then there's this whole theory about animals feeding on it, enriching their their meat with CBD enriched meat. You know, these cannabinoid enriched meat. And and so there there's something to be said for that. But but yeah, man, you're absolutely right. I mean, there. What's nice is you're right. There is this overall tone of acceptance here's what i would say is it split okay you have i would say a majority of people that are on board they're on board whether it be hemp based whether it be cannabis based that's a separate argument to a lot of people should be the same but they're on board the problem is is that you have this huge divide in the power structure of these places where it can be implemented you know, states, federal governments. Dude, California state just annihilated a million plants, a million plants in California state that were quote unquote illegal. Now, even though you can say it's not good to have a black market, I agree. I agree. But what fuels that black market? High taxation. High taxation. The 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 drug war for the last 30 fucking years. Uh, you know, at least has 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 fueled and and churned that that uh, that black market. It's not going to go away overnight. That's all people had for a long time. I would argue it's as big, if not bigger, than the legal market that we have now. Oh, it's bigger. I mean, yeah. it's a, it, in California alone. I think it does about three to four times its annual revenue. Probably go. about ten, twelve billion dollars in black market weed, and everyone's yeah. participating. Of course, yeah. the cartels are too. Um, you know, there was a, a great interview with a, uh, uh, I think a state park, uh, ranger on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he was talking about like, these guys will go in deep, man. They'll go, you know, the cartel members will go in very deep into four these- day hikes. Yeah. And then they start start these grow operations where they're just churning out and destroying the ecosystem, you know, while yeah. doing so, uh, yeah. diverting water. You know, from uh, naturally, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, natural, you know, flows, yep. um, and diverting it to their personal needs. And obviously, California has a water problem. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, you know that's yeah. not, uh, but also destroying the ecosystem is yeah. uh, really awful. Um, but everyone's participating in this black market. Mom and pop people. You know, small growers who were uh, compliant under medicinal laws now no longer compliant. They're like, all right, fuck you. 
because they were pushed out. They were pushed out. Yeah. I mean, that's and what I don't blame the them. industry does. So they yeah. have to survive, too. And, yeah. you know, uh, in a lot of ways, it's not it's, I just don't think they're wrong. They're, yeah. you know, yeah. <clears throat> they have to survive and they, yeah. you know, and they have to, you know, live. This is what they dedicated a part of their career to yeah. is cultivation. Mm-hmm. I think you're right on a broader scale. If we deschedule and then just kind of grow our own and do our thing, it's still, uh, I feel like difficult. It's difficult in the sense that um, what we may have access to under those circumstances or those conditions may still be a lot of the processed weed. So all the clones yeah. are probably the same shit that, uh, that you would get at a dispensary. No one, I don't think even the, even the strains are real anymore. All of them are. Oh, made yeah. The crossbreeding is, uh, is rampant. So yeah. what is, what is an indica or a sativa or is there, it there's no such hybrid? thing anymore, man. It's all hybrid. It's just all hybrid, all hybrid that, you know, w- when you mentioned, you know, having the right conditions of growing uh, indoor reduces the, uh, the plants um, natural processes for uh, developing its uh, um, what do you call it? Natural the, uh, defenses. The, yeah. The defenses, the terpenoids. Know? Well, what do we see as of the last several years? Well, uh, synthetic uh, terpenes or natural terpenes being infused in um, a lot of uh, byproducts. So the derivatives, oils, concentrates, um, many of these things are just infused yeah. with terpenes. They, they don't, you know, but terpenes are pretty damn important. The, just, absolutely. They interact with the brain. Yeah. That's the mood of weed. It's the mood <laughs> of weed. You're fucking with the mood. You're making your weed bipolar, man. I mean, it has no idea if it's up or down or in between. <laughs> it has no idea. And, and that's the whole thing. I mean, look, I, you know, I, I deal with, you know, and maybe you do, too. Um, I get a lot of people that come in that are saying they can't smoke weed anymore because it's giving them anxiety. It's uh, giving them, uh, you know, headaches or whatever. And so what I like to do, because I, you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm I love to ask questions. And so I say. Well, what kind of strains were you smoking? Oh, also, you know, the anxiety guys. Oh, also, Tiva, I got shit to do, man. So, you know, so I like sativas, you know, keeps me up. Okay, well, what are your numbers? Oh, 28, 29s, I needed to work. Oh, okay, well, here's what's going on, man. You're getting an over-terping effect. You're not getting an overdose THC effect. You're getting an overdose of the sativa terping that they probably added to it later. You know, because you're messing with that magic and for somebody to like guess how much terpenoid profile was in that sativa strain to give a happy, creative feeling, boy, you're stabbing in the dark. And so, um, you know, even with a lot of research and stuff, again, it's hard to pinpoint that magic. But that's what happens is you're giving people anxiety from an overstimulated effect. The paranoia, same thing. As I said, a little paranoia is good, but <laughs> anxiety attacks, anxiety attacks, those are no bueno, man. Yeah, so, that's not good. No. So I have shown people that through one, uh, using CBD flower in conjunction with mixing with your THC will help mitigate those side effects. A lot of times bring balance back to the force, if you will, then, um, this you start to bring the balance back but also you have to get lower numbers you just have to go lower numbers your body is telling you this is too much 
I need lower numbers. So what people do is they just think, oh, weed's not for me anymore. I can't smoke weed anymore. Yeah, I can't smoke weed anymore. I, I all the time I tell people, I go, look, I'm the guy that's going to get you back on the wagon, man. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. I'll show I'll coach you. I'll show you how to do this. Uh, I you know, I've I've invested in my smoking experience, meaning I went out and got the best vaporizer for indirect heat, retain the terp terpenoid profiles, the flavonoid profiles um, to literally retain everything that's in the cannabis to not overheat it. Then you pick pesticide free as clean cannabis as you can possibly get. And that is you retaining your smoking experience. Zero anxiety, zero over paranoia. Um, it, it's the perfect smoking experience. I have taken people that have never smoked before and I give them a couple of tokes on this micro doses and it gives them two days of relief, two wow. days of relief. But you get somebody else who would just hit them on a bong or give them a dab hit <laughs> and, and it's going to it's going to literally existentially crush them where they're terrified to ever try it again. You're turning them off from cannabis forever. And I've run into people like that that say, oh, I had a buddy of mine that gave me an edible and it sent me to the fucking moon. And uh, and I was so uncomfortable all night and I want zero THC. And I go, well, that's a goddamn shame. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, a it's a mistake. Absolutely. Because if I mistake. had been there, if I had been there, I would have absolutely not only would have I coached you in the right way to do it. I would have expanded your mind where you would have thought THC and cannabis were the most amazing thing on the planet. You know, and you would and you would have experienced it too, that's firsthand, right. and that's you would have right. experienced why that's uh, that's a fact. That's right. Um, you know, uh, you're right. I have experienced this. Some of the first cases were in 2015, 2016. A lot of people coming into my store and like, hey, I'm looking for CBD. Uh, I'm getting panic attacks, high levels of anxiety, and of course, um, I do the same. I ask questions. Dabbing was the culprit at the time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, dude, you're getting 70, 80, 90% THC. Like, Insane. yeah, dude. You know, you're getting fucked up. On, yeah. And you got to remember, THC is a mild psychotropic yeah. at low levels. At low levels. You know, 15, 20% is mild psychotropic at high levels. You're fucking just straight tripping. That's right. You know, can I give and, you, can I give you some of the worst advice I've heard coming out of pot shops? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If tell you me. Don't, if you don't mind. <laughs> Start, I'll start with the least and I'll, and I'll, I'll just to. But I'll start with the least and I'll go to the worst. So the least was, and this just happened the other day. Mind you, I get this a lot. I mean, because I got three pot shops three blocks away from me. So, I mean, the runoff of bad advice is unbelievable. Okay. And I used to work out of those places years ago. So it just crushes my art. But because um, I was all about educating new bun tenders came in. So lady comes in, says, oh, yeah, man, I, I just, I, took this. I, I went over to a, a shop lady gave me a gummy that was 10 milligrams THC. Um, and she told me, you know, cause I'm trying to go, I have depression and I have anxiety and, and, uh, I have some aches and pains in my back. And she told me, Oh, take this first thing in the morning and you'll feel great. First thing in the morning, never had THC before 10 milligram gummy. Okay. So her being cautious, split it in half. Good decision. She still at five milligrams was high all morning. So I get a call from her about 10 a.m. And she tells me that she took it at 7 a.m. First thing in the morning. And she's like, I just, you know, I, I can definitely feel it. And I go, <laughs> I, I bet you can. And so I explained to her how I would have done it differently and to come in and see me when she's able to. 
and we'll get her straightened out. And uh, so I explained to her the, the, the reason why first I would have never coached her to take it first thing in the morning. I would have said, take it at night because worst case scenario, if you do feel high, sleep it off. Worst case scenario, go to bed. Yeah. Otherwise, you start your day out that way. You're fucked. Yeah, you're you're, fucked. you're, you're, you're going to be is, high. Your day is done. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it was. So anyways, that's mild bad advice. Okay. Bad yeah. advice, but mild. The worst was I get a lady comes in, opens the door, says, uh, do you have THC free products? She doesn't even step in all the way. She just opens <laughs> the door, right? Do you have THC free products? And I say, yeah, <laughs> shuts the door, walks out. And I'm like, what the fuck? Goes out, goes out to the vehicle out there. So there's a, a gentleman driving, says something to him, then walks back in and says, oh, well, what do you have? And I say, look, is he needing? I can go out there and talk to him if he doesn't want to come in here or can't come in here. And she goes, well, yeah, he doesn't want to come in. And I said, well, yeah, I'll go out there. So this is the story he tells me. He tells me a story how he has cancer. He's looking for can uh, cancer relief, uh, pain and whatnot, and has heard about cannabis. Walked into one of our dispensaries, asked a young gentleman uh, what he should get. The young gentleman asked him what he was looking for. Oh, pain relief, you know, from cancer. So the guy gives him a gram of live resin. Wow. You know what live resin is, right? Yeah. Okay, for those people that don't know, live resin is when you when T, the way THC is actually cultured is it comes out of the resins from the plant, little trichomes on the plant, on the bud. That's that's the good shit. Okay? So that's what you want. Well, this is little literally extracting the resin itself to make concentrated live resin. Live meaning the plant was harvested while it was alive, the terpenes were still alive. Terpenes, cannabinoids, all that good shit. And then probably pressed, right? Um, in some cases, yes. Oh, yes, certainly pressed. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. So this guy gave him, uh, I don't know, 87% live resin and told him, told him this. Are you ready for this? Told him to rub it on his gums, buddy. Rub it on his gums. Where does that come from? Where does yeah. that come from? I, I was blown away. So this guy, of course, goes home, takes the entire gram, dude, the entire gram. He's never smoked cannabis, takes the entire gram and rubs it on his teeth and is high for 16 hours, like mind blowingly high, uncomfortable, like virtually seizing over this, right? Like, like yeah. you name it, his body was literally fighting off this reaction at this point. Okay. <sighs> Unbelievable. That is, I mean, dude, I incredibly dangerous. You know, I took, I took, I was testing some new HHC products from one of my reputable uh, manufacturers, and I mean, I, I'll go slow and I'll go hard. I went hard. I took all three pieces, about a hundred milligrams of HHC, and uh, when it finally kicked in, I was high. You know, for twelve plus hours, I woke up high, needing to go take a piss. Damn. You know, three a.m. I get up, I'm stumbling around, I'm like, fuck, I'm still high. This is just intense. I'm levitating in bed, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, even with an experienced user, it, it can be very intense if you just don't understand what you're doing. That's Education right. is so critical for newcomers and, you know, people need you. And That's right. People need people like myself and many others who are taking um, precautions, taking the steps, taking the time. It takes time to explain these things. Um, it takes uh, effort and 
um, and a willingness to ask questions, not just sell a product. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, under, you want to understand what somebody is going through and right. uh, what they're trying to achieve. I mean, even live resin, uh, you know, a quarter gram may have been enough for this guy, oh. you know, or, or far less, a tenth of a gram. I, have, I always say, grain of rice size, man. You know, start with a grain of rice. I mean, a whole grain. I even, as you said. Even for an experienced user, that would have sent you to Saturn. Yeah, a I full mean, gram. It, so yeah. it's it, and live resin it. is more, much more of an expansive high. Uh, I mean, so I, you know, I'm a little envious of what this guy experienced. To be honest, but <laughs> <laughs> you can but go for try him, it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good point. But for him, um, I just I felt terrible. You know, I felt terrible because he was legitimately turned off. From Ken. Now, thank Christ that he didn't understand the relationship of hemp and cannabis because guaranteed if he did, he never would have come through my door. But because he didn't know that they're related, he thought they were completely different. And so I was able to get him CBD that really did help. But Good. I guarantee you, if he had thought it was in any way related, um, he definitely would not have, but, but here's what brings me to another issue. That's tough is me and you are the ones doing this, right? Right. We're outside the industry. Technically we're outside. These guys are flying the flags of health and knowledge. They're flying the flags of medically certified retailers. So where are, where are people naturally thinking to go to get knowledge of cannabis? These to the dispensary. Yeah. Whereas instead, what we do is we're the runoff of the bad advice. So how many people aren't coming to us? How many people are just turned off and they're gone? Yeah, there's that's, yeah, the, that's, that's the worst part about it is that we'll never know how many people that could have been saved from cannabis that walked through that door and got bad advice in two and a half minutes and, never, he, and never tried it again, never tried it again. Whereas yeah. if you would come to us. We definitely wouldn't have taken two and a half minutes, probably 23 minutes, but we would have gone through. When I was in the industry, I argued that you guys, if you want to say you're medically certified, you need to have a separate room that you put your medical consultant in to talk one-on-one with that individual that has zero time limit. Well, maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes. Okay, fine, because you got shit to do. But otherwise, you need to make that available. No, you get a grandma that walks in. 30 other stoners waiting in line for their buds and you expect her to talk to you about her fibromyalgia. Go get fucked. Come on, man. That's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. She walks in. She's immediately turned off by the reggae music and the dreads. So, so that's the problem is that what you have is you have an environment that is all about enhancing the stoner culture, which I'm not against stoner culture, but when stoner culture is, is, is so blindingly bright that it, it 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 hides the medical value. Then we have to tone it down. Yeah, we, tone we have it down. a problem. Yeah, that's right. Be- because there is a real health and wellness aspect to uh, to these compounds, these be- you know beautiful magical plants. That's um, right. And uh, and it is masked through that culture. I mean, for many years, many decades. I mean, it is part of the can- you know cannabis culture. The uh, the 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 stoner culture. We you know we kind of brought this on ourselves. You know, because we were the first ones. We w- we just want to get stoned and 
and, and enjoy the high, but it, it brought so many other benefits. But now yeah. that we're kind of breaking through, we're, we've made it to the other side of, um, of many more states, much more acknowledgement, acceptance um, uh, on a nationwide level uh, that um, it's, uh, it is blinding. You, you know, elderly people can't see beyond that. Yeah. Um, and when you first walk in, yeah, you're going to see a bunch of stoners waiting in line, waiting to get their weed. And it's like, you're like, do I belong here? Yeah. You know, is this, did and, I come and the to the right is, place? No, you don't. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, you, yeah. what you want is you want medical and that's what you're looking for. And that's what the, they need to culture that environment as well. I think it's, it would be rather critical to uh, take it seriously. I mean, health yeah. and wellness is a serious topic. Yeah. Uh, that's why I've been in it for so long. I mean, I see the benefits. I've benefited. I deal with a lot of different plant-based solutions uh, in my store. And um, I'm grateful to be in the space because uh, to date, I mean, thousands of people. I've dealt with thousands of people, dude, in 10 years, 10 years plus. And um, there's no shortage of illness. There's yeah. no shortage of issues None. that people deal with. I mean, uh, it's numerous for yeah. some people. It's debilitating for some people. You know, they just want to improve quality of life a little bit. If they can yeah. do that by a little That's bit, right. it, it makes a huge difference for them. Uh, like, I, you're absolutely right that for, I think, for the cannabis industry to really mature, uh, dispensaries may have to really look at doing something like that. Have a separate section. Look, if you don't have 20 minutes to have a conversation about you know, your specific medical needs as you explore cannabis, you know, then you're, you as a patient or an individual seeking um, help or doing yourself a disservice, invest yeah. the time and speak right. with, with people that understand what they're talking about on a uh, broader level. It's, it's obvious, right? You walk into a dispensary, they're, you know, they're there to sell products. Yeah. They're, they're not really all that educated as to like what they are, um, how they're supposed to work, individual needs are going to vary. They just know that it's all weed. It'll all get you high. How high do you want to get? <laughs> right. And, and how do you know which ones are educating, which ones aren't? They all say everything with absolute confidence, well, absolute mean, confidence. And so, well. so that's the problem is, is that the true education is that guy thinks he's the shit. That guy thinks he's super knowledgeable because he takes bong rips every night and he sold trunk weed back in the day. That was me. That was me. I smoked everybody out. I sold a shit ton of trunk weed back in the day. I thought I was the shit. I'm the weed guy. I should definitely work at your retailer. But then once I got in and I talked to my first amputee that didn't want to get high, but couldn't wear his prosthetic that he had waited two years on a waiting list to get. Wow. And then when he got it, it infected his sight. What? I Yeah, that's right. That Because it, it was so abrasive that he couldn't wear it for more than two hours because it was making the, the amputation site bleed. It was infecting him. And I, I literally, as a stoner, I had an existential crisis because I go, holy shit. Everything I say, I'm saying I'm here for this reason. I'm here for this reason right here. And I have zero answers for this guy. I have zero answers for this guy aside from, well, uh, you know, try this rub and uh, talk to me in two days. Yeah, I mean, that was it. That was it. But, but, but I could tell I'll tell you what, if I had a stoner that came in, oh, buddy, I could blow that motherfucker's mind. 
You know, oh, I got a big joint for you. Oh, I'll tell you what strain <laughs> you want to smoke. Oh, I'll tell you what kind of munchies you're going to eat all day long. I could tell you the kind of high you were experiencing, all the different weeds, all the day. I could tell you everything about the high you were going to experience, nothing about the health. And that's where I realized that's the that's my lacking. Now, no one here is encouraging me to ex, to research further. So I have to take it upon myself to educate myself to be able to help these people. And guess what? I educated myself out of a job because it, I was oh, not shit. I was not selling. I was telling people, well, you don't want to smoke that because it's poison. You don't want to smoke that because it's this. You want to smoke this small, tiny section over here that's pesticide free. I became the grumpy guy at the shop yeah. preaching about quality. I was literally the crazy dude because I was telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I, and, but and, I had no place in a pot shop because I was hurting the vibe, man. The vibe, <laughs> the sales, the, the yeah. dispensary owners like Ben. That's what right. the fuck are you doing, man? Uh, your sales, totally, man. Your sales I mean, have uh, plummeted. I was, I was yelling with the purchase purchasing managers, going, "What the fuck are you doing? Ordering this shit? What are we doing? We got yeah. cancer patients. You know, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I was, I became that guy. You know, because I, I'm, I'm trying to educate them on butane, and, I'm, and, and it's all like, who gives a fuck, dude? Who fucking cares, man? And it's I, weed, I just, man. Was, I was just so I was like, I, I have no place here. I have no place here anymore. Yeah. And uh, and that hurt me a lot. I mean, a lot because I was balls deep in it, man. I mean, balls deep in it. And, uh, you know, I can imagine how much that could have hurt because you're like, you know, you, you, you had dedicated so much and you're like, I'm doing the right thing. I know yeah. I'm doing the right thing compared to the, you know, some of the other employees who are just like. Just here to sell shit, man. I, in it for the samples, you know, dude. You know, in it for the wake, samples. Wake and bake and go to work and hang out. <laughs> That's right. That's you right. know, sell packs. It's it's really my job now, yeah. you know. But uh beyond that, it's um it, you know, you're doing a disservice. Yeah. You we we're we're losing a percentage of people um that could benefit because they're just uh not getting what they need. Yeah. And I agree with you with what you said before. So I've experienced this many times, and that's where I think um, it changed my approach on education because setting the proper expectations with any plant solution is really critical to making sure that somebody experiences what we uh, would like them to experience, to get the the desired results is what I say. Um, In order to do that, it takes time, a detailed explanation, um, you know, asking the right questions and uh, matching them up what we with what we have historically seen to work for those specific cases. Um, what we don't want is people to just buy something, which generally happens a lot, right? Yeah. So here in Southern California, there are many shops. I mean, there's a flood of shops. Everyone just can smell the money, and so that's what they're in it for. Yeah, like you cosmetics. Know? Yeah. So like they're, they're, they're ready to carry any product, yeah. you know, and I call them the Mary Kay of CBD, dude. Yeah. The Mary Kay of CBD. That's all you are. And so they buy these things. They go and try it. It doesn't work. They throw it up against the wall and they say, well, that was a waste of time, waste of money. I'll never do it again. Yeah. But that is the, uh, that is really the biggest issue yeah. um, that I saw, you know, many, many years ago. And I said, well, we have to combat this. Yeah. And in order to do it right, um, we have to change our approach in terms of education. So that it's, way people have the right expectation. So people hear yeah. that, oh, you know, CBD works for pain. It's like, well, look, it's not a narcotic. If you're used to, if you're used to taking painkillers, this is not that. 
No. And so it's going to heal your body. It's not going to kill your body simultaneously while taking your pain away. Yeah. So that's that's it's it's a a, huge difference. It's a therapy. (laughs) It's a therapy and therapy takes time. And and it takes time. Yes. Being that it's not a narcotic, it's not meant to mask. It's meant to uh, work over time. So I think the best cases have been anxiety. Yeah. Because those people see immediate results in. Yeah. Yep. The fight or flight response, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. But as you said, how quick and effective it is. It really is. It really, from a gummy to, to an oil. I mean, it's phenomenal. I, I, something you touched on it, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I love to label things cause I'm all about nicknames and shit. Cause I have a terrible memory. So I have to, you know, I have to sing stupid shit and come up with dumb names. But, <laughs> um, what I came away with was health hope. That's what people are looking for in cannabis that they're not finding anywhere else is hope. There for some kind of relief, something. And they've heard about cannabis from somewhere, whether it's a family member, a neighbor on on TV, whatever they heard about it somewhere. And they have hope that this is going to work for them. And that I take that. I take that that responsibility very uh, very seriously. That to to make sure that I retain that hope, and that to as you said to not just sell them a product. In fact, I've sent people away without buying anything because I said, "Look, you're making poor life choices that this CBD is not going to help with. Not going to help with it." You know, I would love to say this gummy is going to help you. This oil is going to help you. But unfortunately, it's fighting an uphill battle that you refuse to acknowledge what that battle is, whether it be nutritional, whatever. You know, I have yeah. a lot of people that, that, you know, they'll come in for their kids and they'll say, you know, I'm dealing with, uh, uh, you know, my son's got ADHD. Are you giving him fruit snacks? Is he drinking a lot of soda? Is he taking in a bunch of sugar? You know, CBD is has almost no chance against things like that. I mean, that's you all know? poison though, you know? Yeah, oh, it is. Absolutely. The, the high and, fructose corn syrup. That's the, right. Like, you know, and as I said, poison cannabinoids do heal, but if there's permanent damage done, there's only so much they can do. And so that's where, you know, my thing is, is that, well, I'm not going to put my, I know my products work, so I'm not going to put myself in a position where, you blame the product for not working as opposed to it doesn't work in your body. Yeah. I mean, because you're, a, you know, that's a real thing. And, and so yeah. that's what I've done is I said, look, I think you should do some more research. Here's some information to go take a look at, you know, definitely these work for this and that and this and this and what, what, not. you know, but, um, you know, definitely you have to take into it. Your body is the magic CBD and cannabinoids are simply the right tool for the job. We were made for it, man. That's, that's right. Why that's why there's an endocannabinoid system Dude, in the body. That's why there is a, the man. CB receptors. I mean, but that's the right. same would be said about any chemicals. Why, you know, when we take anything as a supplement, expecting some kind of uh, some kind of reaction to it, it's because our bodies were made for it. It's 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 led me down a journey of studying addiction and. Uh, chemicals and drugs and, you know, drugs of the brain, right? Chemicals of the brain and the yep. body. Um, and then uh, chemicals uh, introduced externally. Um, you know, it's helped me better understand that like uh, 
number one, we're pleasure seeking as a species. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why we we turn to these things. And uh, more importantly, um, our bodies were made to feel reactions to all kinds of chemicals. And, you know, there's good ones, there's bad ones. And, you know, um, you should choose wisely what you put into your body, including food. Oh, you know, 100%, food especially because, food, especially food, food is weaponized, too. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, there's nothing nutritionally valuable in prepackaged foods of any kind. And yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, yes, I'll consume them. But I, well, sure. I, I'm very well aware of um, the nutritional deficiencies like yeah. and that they can cause problems, too, if you just that's all you consume. That's right. With that, Ben, I got to get going. Yeah. But I appreciate you coming on, man. Dude, phenomenal so, well. conversation. <laughs>